We have a lot of respect for people who practice different religions, and our purpose with this podcast is to simply identify and deconstruct problematic evangelical ideologies. Oh, hi there. I'm Candice. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, Seems like it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Welcome to Adventures in Ideology. This is a show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey, created by Focus on the Family. This show started airing in 1986, and it's still running today. If you were raised evangelical, you're probably familiar with it, and if you were not, this will be a wild ride. Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children and reinforcing Christian values and teaching inside people's homes, and it was and is highly effective. We listened to and loved the show growing up, and it influenced our views of the world very strongly, and now we're listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct some of the problematic ideas that are being seeded into children's minds and that were seeded into our developing minds. And we're excited you're here. Today we're going to talk about Stormy Weather from the collection The Wildest Summer Ever. I'm Candice. And I'm Karis. And we are going to guide you through this episode. So I'm just going to share a quick summary from the wiki. Connie doesn't like Odyssey and feels she is being swamped by Christians, so she wants to go back to California. But when Wit gets hurt, she realizes how much he means to her. And then, Karis, do you want to go ahead and start giving a little more detailed breakdown yeah. of the plot? Uh, so the episode starts off with Connie and Wit at Wit's end. They're the only ones there because there's a storm. Um, Connie is frustrated because it's not the first day that they've had rain. And she just is missing California. She wants to go back to California. Um, she feels really trapped and stuck in Odyssey. Um, and then Tom Riley pops in just to say, hey, guys, just, you know, I like getting wet was kind of his statement. <laughs> is that what he's? I don't even remember what he you know, said. You know, you know, something about the rain. And then, like, makes everything wet. And that's why I'm here. Like, he never really said why he was there. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then he brings up that Connie, that he heard that Connie is going to be judging the Bible drill. Uh, mm -hmm. And she doesn't know this. She hasn't been informed. She finds out that Wit forgot to ask her. Yeah. There's um, just this assumption. That she would just She's do like, it. oh, don't worry. Connie will do it. Totally. <laughs> Um, um, and then Connie reacts really strongly. First she says she's busy, and then she says, well, I'm not really busy, but look, I don't want to, all right. And then she kind of, um, she kind of, she reacts, which is fair, <laughs> a fair reaction yeah. to someone telling her what. I think, because then she says, I'm not interested in that stuff. Why is everyone trying to make me interested in it, always preaching at me? Yeah. Which is a fair assessment of what is happening to her all the time. Yeah. that I, Like part of Wit's strategy with getting her to do 
Bible Bowl and stuff is to try and like win her over to Christianity. It's like wearing her down, wearing down her defenses. Slowly. Yeah. 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 Um, and then she, yeah, and she, uh, she, so she snaps, then she apologizes for snapping, and then she leaves. She says, I'm going to take the rest of the day off. And Tom is surprised and says, what was that all about? All she had to do was say no, which we know is never the case as a woman in the church. <laughs> True. And yeah, like she was, nobody consulted her. The assumption was just that she would do it. Yeah. And she's already feeling frustrated. She feels kind of trapped in her life here. And not the least of all by wit, who we've already established is like a big spider weaving webs around her. Yeah, exactly. To try and trap her into becoming a Christian and staying in this weird cult town forever. <laughs> um, and so the next scene is Connie going to her friend Debbie's house. And there's some back and forth between them. Debbie basically says to Connie that she feels like she never sees her around anywhere. She thinks that her job is actually her life. Working at Wits End is not a job. It, I thought it was your life. Uh, and then she throws the Bible. You know, you're always taking the kids to that Bible thing, some sort of Bible thing. Um, we thought you were religious or something. A bunch of us from school are worried. And then Connie says, oh, is that why you stopped inviting me over to stuff? And finds out that Debbie stopped inviting her over because she stopped being able to go. She stopped saying yes to being able to go. And then in the course of the conversation, Connie finds out that Debbie has some friends coming over in the afternoon, Robin and some other people. And Connie then invites herself to be part of that group because those are her friends. And Debbie awkwardly shuts her down and says there's already going to be too many people here and kind of rejects her and and says okay well i have to go (laughs) yeah i thought that was a super weird interaction right i wasn't really sure why when she said like we're we're worried about you yeah no we don't want to hang out with you that didn't make any sense to me yeah we're not really worried about you (laughs) is what it says yeah it was just kind of mean yeah and didn't yeah it didn't really make sense yeah is that like a high but school girl just to thing show or? yeah yeah was it just high school drama or is it like well they aren't christian so they don't accept her right even though she's also not a christian she just works for a christian organization yeah so then she's being alienated on both sides yeah she kind of is right uh, when if you I were, were in high school, yeah. if you told someone you were Christian, would they stop inviting you to stuff? I mean, I didn't really start getting invited to much stuff in <laughs> high school. Uh, Fair. Yeah. No, I, most of my friends didn't care. I don't think. Because I, I mean, I also didn't care. Yeah. It's not like I was like, oh, you're not a Christian? Let me evangelize to you. I mean, I did invite them to church every now and then if we had like a weekend sleepover or something but when I was in high school I was at a sleepover and I have I told I might have told this on here before I told some friends that if they woke up one day and like all the Christians were gone (laughs) they should read the bible yes did I I tell that on here you might have told it on here already man that's so embarrassing I love it Ugh. I was never that vocal in times about stuff i was always too shy 
to like say well, Christian things. I wish I had been shyer because I said some shitty stuff <laughs> when I was in high school. Um, but did you tell someone that sarcasm was a sin? No, that I did not. That is, you know, that's like peak level of shitty in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, telling people that they're all going to be left on a planet. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not as bad. Because God doesn't care about them because they didn't believe the right thing. So now they have to go through. I don't know. I mean, according to the, the end times movies I saw growing up from the 70s. Right. Then if you were not taken up in the rapture and then you came to believe in God, you would get beheaded on a guillotine. Yes. But I don't know what the new, uh, what the Tim, Le- Tim LaHaye had to say about that in his more recent series. I think it was probably similar. Yeah. Tim LaHaye, end times expert. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerry B. Jenkins. Yes. Yeah. Um you anyway, that was kind of a tangent. Behind. Yeah. That's okay. I what? in high school, oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like my friends were a lot nicer than than her friends. People. Oh. I mean, all of my friends were like the super weird. We were all the people who didn't like fit into the I don't know, other groups. I feel like that was kind of my friends too. Yeah. I kind of liked it, that. Yeah, me too. And I still do. Yeah, me too. So the next scene. We hear on the radio there's a tornado warning. Right. And then we're back at wit's end. Tom's yeah, leaving. Yeah, that's where we. Right. Tom's leaving. Wit gets a call from Connie's mom because Connie never made it home. Wit offers to go out and look for Connie and says, so much for an afternoon with my book. And that's, Yeah, that was kind of passive It was like, yeah, it was kind of like... I care more about what I'm reading than about a girl that could be lost in a storm. Well, except he did leave his book to it's go true. and find her. It's true. So I think maybe you're projecting your own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have cared more about reading. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's going to take me away from my book. A good book and comfy couch. Glass of wine. That's right. I this I thought this storm was kind of a reflection of Connie's inner turmoil, like in her frustration with the situation. So Connie, Connie gets home, and she is yelling. She's really upset. She wants to go back to California. She really wants to get out of Odyssey. Her mom is surprised because she has never heard this from her before, which that surprised me, considering how vocal Connie is. At, has been from the very beginning about wanting to go back to California. The fact that her mother says this is the first time that she's hearing it is a little surprising to me. Or her mom yeah. just hasn't been listening. Right. Maybe. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's part of the reason she wants to go back. Um, so this is our first time actually hearing Connie's mom. So... Connie says she just wants to go back to see her friends. And her mom's like, what about your friends here? She's like, what friends? I hang out with those kids and wit. The kids are so young and wit is... Careful. <laughs> mature. <laughs> um, and then her mom's like, well, you shouldn't put an age limit on friendship. Which I think is the moral of this episode. 
Yeah. It takes us about 10 minutes to get to get there. That friendship is even mentioned in the episode. I mean. Yeah. But and then the end. And then the, at the end exo plot, Chris is like talking all about friendship. It's all about friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her mom is like, well, I'll think about letting you go to California. And Connie's like, that means yes. Um, and then she remembers, her mom remembers that she told Wit to go look for Connie. So Connie goes out in the storm to find Wit. Yes. And so Wit is hiding out in the storm. He is in Dale Johnson's shed. Connie is just outside calling for him wit wit and she finds him he calls her back and then the first thing she says to him is i want you to know that i'm leaving (laughs) for good if i can help it i thought you should be the first to know which is interesting um yeah i wondered why he should be the first yeah i guess because she doesn't have any other friends right that makes sense and so he's disappointed she asks what's wrong and he says well maybe we should go back and talk about it more at the store and I, and my reaction to this was why it's not something that he has input in. Why is it something they talk about as if they both have equal input in her leaving? Um, so then they make it back to the store just in time. Wit says they should move further into the store. And then there's a loud crashing noise. Dun, dun, dun. And then it goes to the commercial break and... and Chris saying, are Wit and Connie all right? We'll find out when we return, right after this. Uh, And then it turns out the whole front window blew in. There's glass everywhere. Connie hasn't been hit. Wit has. Um, Connie freaks out, grabs him bandages. And he's okay. And he tells her he just needs her to be calm. And then she says she'll check the phones. They don't work. And she's freaking out. And so, of course, Wit has a ham radio, as everybody does. As all preppers do. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so he wraps his wound while she goes to try and radio the police. And as he wraps his wound, he starts um, repeating um, some verses in Psalms. Praise the Lord, O my soul, with all I have. Praise his holy name. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Connie is continuing to freak out. And he uh, starts, continues with like more verses about fear. Don't be afraid. The Lord will take care of us. The Lord's love will, is with, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his command. And then there's a bunch more. And there's, yeah, it just keeps going. We we learn how learned he is in the Bible. Yes. Because they just, they keep spewing forth. <laughs> yes. And he Versus. continues to be calm and Connie continues to be scared. Yeah. She's like freaking out. Yeah. Um, she's at max freak out right now. Yeah. And then her mom shows up and takes them to the hospital. Yeah. Keep in um, mind. Interesting. Oh. oh. I was just going to say, keep in mind, Connie is only 15. Yeah. So she's a kid. Seeing someone with a gaping, you know, wound and like glass in their leg, I think. I was assuming it was the leg. I can't remember if they clarified. But like 
as a 15-year-old, that would freak me out also. Totally. Um, I just thought it was interesting the next day you find out, like, at that same time is when the tornado touched down, right? It kind of culminates in, like, the peak of Connie's fear and, like, her major freak out with the tornado touching down. Just... I love, um, I love that you picked up on that as a, as like a subtle theme through the whole thing is that the storm is related to Connie's emotional well-being. I love that you, I love that you identified that because I didn't catch it at all. It's like English class. What did the author mean when they made the drapes blue? You know, was it that the drapes were blue or was it the eternal turmoil of man? Anyway, so Connie checks in with Wit at the hospital. She apologizes for panicking. Which is a weird thing. Yeah. I think that's weird. I think I didn't even notice that, actually. But again, that's like, as a woman, you should just be sorry for existing. Literally. (laughs) Seriously. You say anything and you apologize. Learn it young. Oh, do you hear the cat? Go away, cat. (laughs) It's okay. Harley might be. I I think that worked. Wow. Well, she's still there, but you're the cat whisperer. She's not doing that anymore. Yeah, we'll see. Um, um And so Connie says, You're always so calm. Those were verses from the Bible, weren't they? And he says, Yeah, they were from Psalms. God loves me and will do what's best for me. Will he? <laughs> I was going to ask you, as the Bible scholar, as a theologian, I don't think that this is how God operates. I think there's that, there's that verse in the Bible that... Um, All things work together for good. Yeah, for the for good those of those who love the Lord. Yeah, who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I, the way that I translate that is as a collective, not an individual as far as like that sounds like communism (laughs) (gasps) yeah shocker god is a communist um but as far as like god makes things work together for his good right because if he's making things work together for my good i would never get cancer i would never be sick if i have enough faith in him then nothing bad will ever happen to me and that's where a lot of really toxic ideologies come in as far as like, um, I have a friend whose brother got cancer and died as a young adult, and the pastor basically told his family that they didn't have enough faith, mm-hmm. you know, and and that is kind of one of the ways this verse gets twisted. It I just when I think of this verse, I think of um, a, a mutual friend of ours who from from. Uh, Saskatch from Moose Jaw, who all, we also mm-hmm. know who now lives in Alberta, but who as a young adult went to our church and was in going through a really hard time. And he was like one weekend he'd planned that he was going to commit suicide. And our dad, one person from the, it was, it was a, a youth retreat weekend. And one of the leaders backed out because he got really sick. And so our dad called this person, invited him along, and instead of committing suicide, which was his plan, he gave his life to Jesus, which is, you know, 
it's just a great spiritual beautiful story but mm-hmm. I always every time I hear that story or every time I think of this verse I think of the other guy the guy that got sick because that's right. that sucks for him True. right like he got sick he had to stay home for the weekend but him getting sick led to this person not committing suicide essentially I mean as far as our as far as our like theology yeah. or that story goes is this uh, is it the trolley problem <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> and if you keep going down that rabbit hole oh god michael what did you do i made the trolley problem real so we could see how the ethics would actually play out there are five workers on this track and one over there here are the levers to switch the tracks make a choice the thing is i mean ethically speaking no time dude make a decision well it's tricky i mean on the one hand if you ascribe to a purely utilitarian world you okay yeah so 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 i think that there's i think yeah I get really annoyed by people who are like, you know, everything is just, God's just going to make everything work out for me. And it's, but it's not about you. That's not. Except in this instance, we're talking about Mr. Whitaker. Right. Which... And it is about him. <laughs> God loves him and will do what's best for him because right. he's Mr. Whitaker. Right. And I, I honestly feel like this is very much how men in leadership in the church totally think about themselves like i am a special i am a special boy and god is going to especially look after me totally you know and yeah because then they don't have answers for what the biggest question the problem of evil why do bad things happen to good people (laughs) right Mm -hmm. because in their mind nothing bad will happen to them because they're god's chosen Man, yeah. in what's a few right? scratches on your leg yeah exactly 18 stitches yeah you know yeah um yeah but and then it kind of like it kind of fits your story like what's getting sick you know yeah totally yeah i guess the problem is if you die i guess yeah because you got sick but someone but, else lived but even it, then, if you die and you're a Christian, then you go to heaven. So right. it's all it's all gravy. Right. But the problem with this other person was that he wasn't a Christian. Yeah. So, so he, it's okay. God will sacrifice Christians to try and save more people. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I will shoot my own guys in the back. <laughs> Your life will actually be worse if you're a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, it's right? be a pawn in a bigger cosmic yeah. scheme to recruit more people yeah, in, the, totally. in the ultimate Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So that, so that didn't really answer that. I don't know if that really answered the question, but I think that's not, yeah. I, based on even my studying at school and stuff, that would not be how I would interpret that. But we all know you have a vagina Right. And therefore, can't interpret the Bible correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What do you know? Yeah, yeah. That I'm is just a, a pouch full of heresy. <laughs> <laughs> well, where else are you supposed to store it? <laughs> right. <laughs> you can trust a man. You can't store any heresy in his 
body his vagina ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this the is this like peak popularity talking about your vagina on a podcast have i made it have i finally <laughs> made it you're like that theme of the guy with the butterfly Yes, yes, exactly. That meme, sorry, yeah, yeah. that I said theme, but I meant meme. Yeah. yeah, like that meme of the guy with the butterfly. <laughs> right, where he's like there and the butterfly's up here. Yeah. yeah. Is this... <laughs> yes, exactly. Talking about your vagina on a podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so good. Have we arrived? Um, I might have to use that as our image. If... Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, if two women talk about their vaginas on a podcast... And nobody listens to it. And no man is there to listen. <laughs> Did it really happen? Have we killed, have we squashed the patriarchy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have, we, have we achieved um, female utopia? So Wit says God loves me and will do what's best for me. And right. Connie's like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep us nope, hopping that's great. along Go here. Go for it. Connie's like, I'll take care of things uh, around the shop until you feel better. And he's like, then what? You're going to California? She's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he apologizes to her and tells her that I that he'd been taking her for granted. Um, and he depends on her so much around the shop and with the kids that he's been selfishly hoarding her time. Um, and he will try and give her time off so she can get to spend more time with kids her own age and then connie says my mom says you should never put an age limit on friendship when you were getting your legs stitched up i was thinking about losing you and i think i've been taking you guys for granted too i've been feeling sorry for myself feeling confused about things like i don't have any friends but when you got hurt i realized how much you're my friend and then i thought about the kids that come into the shop and how much they're my friends too um, and so Connie says that she's not going to go to California until Christmas and that she will judge the Bible drill tomorrow. So she ends up doing exactly what Wit wanted her to do. I guess that was how, what God was working things for, for Wit's good, good for. Yeah, the whole <laughs> yeah. time. Um, and then we have the EXO plot where Chris wraps things up with Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. That talks about how it's better to have two people than one. And we find out that this episode was actually all about friendship. Surprise! We thought it was about the weather, but it was about how it's totally not creepy and weird to be really good friends if you're 15 with a 60-year-old Thank man. you. That was my thought, too. I was like, wait. <laughs> it sounds good. You know, like, oh, he's just a sweet old man. But then you think about it and you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah you know? i mean like maybe um anyway i don't necessarily think like having friends that are older than you and of the opposite sex is creepy and weird right. but just sometimes you know i had the realization listening to this episode that Basically, Wit isolated Connie from everybody else 
every other influence. Totally. You know, like he's kind of, and now she has Stockholm syndrome. Like, yeah, yeah, no, of, that's you know? that's exactly what I was thinking too. Is the more time she spends with him, the less she wants to leave. Yeah, <laughs> and the better friends. Yeah, they yeah. are. Except he's paying her. Yeah, he's just a boss that really cares. Yeah, and that's the other thing that's, like, kind of weird about it. I mean, I guess it's also not necessarily weird to be friends with your boss. No, totally. I don't know. I mean, like, when I worked at the church, and it was just me and the pastor, it was a small church, and we were friends. You know, we'd joke around. Yeah. We'd, I didn't, I yeah. didn't, he, he, I didn't really let him speak into my life or, like, look for, um advice or anything from him but we chatted yeah yeah but like being friendly with your boss and being like your boss your like much older boss being your only friend it's weird like that's a different no wonder her friends thought her life was all about wit's end and is it too late at this point for her to go back and be friends with them again well, I'm not really sure why they didn't let her hang out. I know, me either. That was weird. That was just weird. Unless it was like, well, you always say no to me, so now I'm going to say no to you. Yeah. It doesn't feel very nice, does it? <laughs> neater, neater, neater. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to talk about your moving experiences as a kid? Yeah, so I'm. we moved when I was 14. Yeah. Very similar in age to Connie. Yeah. It sucked. It was the worst. I spent, like, a lot of my time just sitting in my makeshift room. Because <laughs> we moved to a house where I didn't have a room because dad was like renovating the basement. So I was living in the living room with my older brother and we had like just lined up bookshelves down the middle of the living room and that to, to divide it. So I just remember spending a lot of time sitting in there crying (laughs) and feeling sorry for myself, I guess. And I think ultimately I am glad we moved. I mean, I think had we stayed uh, in Karenport, half of my friends from there are missionary wives now. So that would have been, that could have been a trajectory for me. So I'm like thankful that we moved. You were saved from that life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although in thinking about that, I'm not sure if it would have happened to me. If it would have happened, if I would have <laughs> chosen, I guess. I mean, to what extent of choice you have yeah. in that environment right. to be a missionary wife or a pastor's wife. But also, I feel like the trajectory was kind of like you go to high school and then you go to Bible college right. and then you meet your spouse at Bible college. And who's going to Bible college? People who are going to be in the ministry. Yeah. So, and if you're a woman, you know, you're not really allowed to be in the ministry. Yep. There's a few jobs you can have, but 
secretary or children's pastor. Or youth pastor now, some yeah. some places. If they're progressive. are like children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I remember in middle school having a conversation with two of my friends in Karenport. And one of them was like, do you ever just think, like, man, I just really want to be closer to God. Like, you just are, like, searching out after God. And my other friend was like, yeah. And I, inside, I'm like, um, literally never <laughs> have I had that thought. Uh, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I would have got sucked into the missionary thing. Hmm, that's interesting. And now I feel like pretty thankful that we moved. So I didn't, you know, it just was kind of off the table. Yeah. Yeah, that is really good. But it was a hard transition, like moving away at 14. That's a tough, age, a tough age to to break into um, new friend groups. You and John. Like, yeah. I didn't. You guys all I didn't had a hard make, time, I think. Yeah, I didn't make any close friends, really, in high school. Yeah. Like, I had friends that I hung out with, but no one that felt as close as the friends that I left. Totally. You know? And we didn't really have internet for a long time or, you know, a way to keep in touch. Yeah, totally. With, the, with my friends that we left. So I just was like kind of isolated. Yeah. So I feel for Connie. Totally. I mean, that's a vulnerable time. Totally. And Wit is taking advantage of the fact that she has no network, you know? Yeah, totally. He's kind of exploiting that. Yeah. Yeah. I know I had a much... I think I had... I was the only one that had an easier time moving. I mean, I hated it also for the same reason, like not being able to connect with friends and or have as close of friends. But I was young enough because I was only 10. So I was young enough that I, I could still... You know, you're still that age where you can just kind of make friends wherever you go. In a sense, like kids, mm-hmm. kids aren't super mean yet <laughs> to each other or like you haven't quite hit that yeah. like realization that you're awkward. So you're just nice to people or, you know, whatever. So I think I had the easiest time moving of all of us. Thinking about it now. Lucky yeah. you. No, <laughs> just because like Ben moved last year of high school. That's rough. You moved first year <laughs> of high school. That's rough. John yeah. moved last year of middle school. That's rough. Like, all of you guys were at rough ages. Yeah. You know? So. And also, being, like, 14, mm-hmm. you know, I I was really upset also that I was never really consulted. <laughs> totally. You know, or even really talk to about it at all. It was just like, hey, we're doing this. And it wasn't like, how do you feel about it? How can we make this transition easier for you? It was just like. So what do you think? Does that. I didn't really count. Right. In the picture Because you're a kid. Because in a sense, you're a kid. And that was kind of our upbringing was as a child, you don't have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Although I said I didn't really make any close friends in high school. 
I have one friend from high school that I talk to uh, regularly, I would say, and who is also a listener to this podcast. That's nice. So this is a shout out to Spencer. Aw. One of our biggest fans. That's so nice. <laughs> it yeah. is, yeah. And I'm sure Connie wasn't consulted. No. Moving here, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like her... You feel like you're, you're to- your life is totally out of your control. Totally. Like you're at an age where it is, but, you know, you feel like you should have some control over your life. Is there anything you want to talk to talk about about this episode? I, I think we kind of covered most stuff as we were going through. Um, I have uh, written down here just Tom Riley's comment, but I think I mentioned that earlier. Just women aren't taken seriously when we say no. We kind of have to react in order to be heard. Not even not even yeah. listened to or acknowledged, but just heard. Well, and then, yeah, and then it's like him, like, oh, what's her Exactly, problem? yeah. Well, you she's know? overreacting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is um, just an interesting double standard that we encounter as women. Um, but that was the only other thing, I think, that kind of came up. So, going back to this idea that the storm is... Yeah. Um, Connie's subconscious like or her like emotional turmoil then was she lashing out at wit (gasps) Ooh, like she caused like she like put the glass in his leg she's like trying to free herself subconsciously from her captor yeah oh that's interesting i like that i like that um extension of that theory (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah she is the storm i mean i think that's that was really my read on this the episode totally. i think that's a really insightful read do we have questions for this episode did we want to go through the questions oh, sure let's i have the questions here um quest discussion question one why was connie so anxious to get back to california because she had no friends because she hated Odyssey because it's a cult town and it's the worst yeah and she was taken there yeah away from her support group you know of her peers and she misses them and you know her mom uh, doesn't listen to her as evidenced by the fact that she didn't know that she wanted to go back to California when Connie has literally talked about hardly anything else since she arrived in Odyssey why did Wit want Connie to stay in Odyssey? To keep working for him. Because she's his so only friend? C- no, he has lots oh. of friends. Sure. So this is one of those instances where he's her best friend, but she's not his best <laughs> <Right>? friend. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <laughs> so, that, so that he can convert her? Yes. Right. So that she'll keep working at his ice cream shop, yeah. really. Because he even said, like, I've come to depend so much yeah. on you. He should maybe hire some more people. Well, and I find it so interesting. Like, all of the kids love Connie, right? And everyone thinks mm-hmm. that she's so great. 
And I think that's interesting because she's not a Christian. And often, at least I remember like from our upbringing, being told like people will like you more because you have something that they don't know and they'll just be drawn to you because of the Jesus in you and all this stuff, you know, and everyone's drawn to Connie and she doesn't have Jesus in her, (laughs) but she's from California. So she's cool anyway. Or is Jesus from California? What? (laughs) That's why she's just. No, just because she's cool. Because she's like. (laughs) worldly and you know has seen has experienced things um why did wit start reciting the psalm to keep himself calm to preach at connie yes and yes (laughs) yes yeah i think it was kind of meditative or like a prayer kind of because the scriptures are just so deeply written engraved on his heart that that can flow out of him and that's how you know naturally yeah and that's how you know that he's a good man Mm -hmm. because he he can recite i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you and as we know from all christian leaders that rings true (laughs) (laughs) well i mean Sinning against God or sinning against people yeah. are two different things. Could potentially be seen as two different things. Technically. God wrote a double standard into his own Bible, into his own book. You mean people wrote a double standard into yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> into I mean, God's yeah. book. Um, I mean, I always love episodes with Connie because she's Me too. She always says what the rest of us are thinking you know she always speaks her mind and everyone views her as like the bad person for doing that but it's her setting boundaries every single time like her being upset that they assigned her to bible ball bible study whatever without asking her is her reacting to a boundary being disrespected and um That happens every time, and somehow she ends up looking like the bad guy for that. For having boundaries. So, there's some, like, little trivia things here. Oh, that's fun. The Debbie that Connie visits is probably the same one that she was planning to go to the concert with. Oh. In the Tangled Web. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, probably. Like, how many Debbies are there in her that she is friends with? Definitely it is. And apparently, although this is officially billed as June Kendall's first appearance, in the edited version of number 12, The Tangled Web, she has one line, hello, (laughs) and that becomes her first appearance. Oh, that's interesting. When she calls her, right? Connie calls her mom at the end. Oh, yeah. 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 Hello. Yeah. Anyway. Fun fact. Fun factoids. Um, thanks for listening. If you have thoughts and opinions about this episode, please send us a message on Instagram at ideology podcast, um, or tweet at ideology podcast and brand new. We now have Patreon. That's right. If you 
like hearing us talk and don't care about Adventures in Odyssey, you can join our Patreon and hear us talk about other things. <laughs> <laughs> you may think we're delightful when it comes to Adventures in Odyssey, but we're just as delightful when talking about other evangelical toxic beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got a niche yeah. <laughs> join our patreon yeah. we're what on patreon candace adventures in ideology yes um five bucks a month to get exclusive behind the scenes stuff and fun discussions between candace and steven and me and candace just some fun extra snippets that you don't get to hear on the Ideology podcast. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you yeah. there. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>